Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We've got an important study today in our series on managing for the master, dealing with debt. Maybe we should rename it freedom from debt because that's what God wants for each one of us. We're looking forward to a great study and we're glad you joined us. Welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. And I'm excited today because Jason, you're going to be leading this important study on dealing with debt. And I know I received counsel as a young man, young husband, some counsel that really helped me in my life. And I'm praying that you'd be blessed as you're here with us on this important topic today. We've also got some remote team members joining us. We want to welcome Sabina. Good to see you again. We're glad you're with us. Travis, good to see you joining us remotely. And Haiti, good to see you again joining us as we study this important topic. We're also happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members around the world. You say, Derek, do I really need to write? Yes. Tell us how you're being blessed. Maybe you're teaching a class in your local church or in your community. We're encouraged and we want to pray for you in person. Rose writes to us from Kenya and she says, Praise God and more grace to Hope Sabbath School. And we say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I've been watching Hope Sabbath School on and off for years, she writes, and I thank God for His mercy on my family. Recently, I've been trusting God for my husband, my three daughters, and my grandson to accept Jesus into their lives. Amen. I thank God for the transformation I'm seeing in my family because my youngest daughter, age 12, accepted Christ and was baptized. Amen. Not only that, but she's now the one leading out oh. in the family devotions, and she's very serious with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I believe God is working on our spiritual lives for the remaining members of my family. I thank God for showing mercy on us. Thank you, Hope Sabbath School family, and the Lord bless you richly. Rose, you brought joy to our hearts writing to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Praise God. We'll continue to pray for his blessing over your family. Here's a note from a young person. He's, <laughs> he's living in Finland. His name is Shedrek, kind of like Shadrek, kind of like Shadrak. He's living in Finland, but he was born in Burundi and then moved to Zambia, and now he's in Finland. Okay. Wow. wow. Hello, Hope Sabbath School family. Hi. Shedrick. I want to say thank you for the Bible study. It helps me to understand more about the Bible and share it with my family in family worship, even though I'm only 15 years old. Aww. God bless the work. Amen. Amen. Well, Shedrick, <laughs> thanks for writing to us from Finland, starting in Burundi and Zambia. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. And give our greetings to your family too. Here's a little card that was sent to me by a, by a donor in Kansas in the United States of America. And the donor writes and says, I enjoy Hope Sabbath School. I have several studies that I watch, but I save Hope Sabbath School till last because I like it the best. <laughs> I didn't like the scripture songs at first because the tunes were unfamiliar, 
but they're growing on me. <laughs> looking forward to the time when the whole team will be together again. Well, I'm looking forward to the time when we'll all be together in God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. And a gift of $5,000 to bless oh, the ministry amen. of Hope Sabbath School. God. Thank you. You know who you are in Kansas. You're part of a great miracle of God. But thank you to each one. There may be someone who comes with two copper coins mm -hmm. and says, I want to be part of the ministry. You can go to our website, say, I want to be an impact partner and, and see what God will do. You can click on the donate button there and we thank you for your support. <clears throat> One last note from Rosa Maria in Brazil. And she says, I live in the countryside and I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian and an English teacher in Brazil. I love to listen to Hope Sabbath School to learn more about Jesus and practice my English at the same time. Amen. God bless you all, Rosa Maria. Thanks for writing to us. Um, we're so excited you're not only an English teacher, but you're a witness for Christ right where you are. Amen. Well, we're going to go into an important study, but, but Jason, I should remind them about that special resource we have, this series. If you go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift tab, you can get a course that has been a huge blessing to many already, and I want you to take advantage of it, not just because you'll get a certificate for completing it at the end, but because you'll find principles that will bless your life. It's called Steps Toward Faithful Stewardship. And it's very practical, it's interactive. What a blessing. It's available to you by going to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift button, and I know that you will be blessed. But right now we need your help to sing our theme song, taken from Psalm 96, Sing to the Lord a New Song. Let's sing it together. Give to the Lord the glory to His name. Bring Him 
thousand-year-old inspired lyrics sing to the Lord a new song. Well, Jason, I'm looking forward to the study, and I know God will bless. Amen. Please bow your heads as I pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we open your word, as we talk about a topic that can be a little complicated, help us to have practical lessons that we can take away that will guide us. Lord, we want your Holy Spirit to guide our hearts and to guide our minds. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We've been talking about managing for the master, the resources God has given us, and along the way of managing for the master, there can be, shall we say, some might call them opportunities, but maybe more accurately pitfalls or challenges that we might face along the way of managing for the master. And one of these is the issue of dealing with debt. debt. Yes. Ah, oh, what a fun topic. But hopefully, <laughs> as we talk through this lesson, maybe we can share some practical ideas. Most importantly, we want to see what do the scriptures say? What does the word of God talk about with the issue of debt? And so I'm going to ask Tigist if you could start our study. We're going to go first to the Old Testament, to something that God gave to Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. If you could take us to chapter 28, verse 12, let's see what was God's instruction for his people. He gave them lots of instruction through Moses, and he does give a specific guidance here when it comes to the issue of debt. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Deuteronomy 28:12 says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. All right, so we have this guidance. Now, this is in the Old Testament. This is given to the children of Israel. So some people could say, oh, well, yes, that's the God of the Old Testament. But you know, the God of the New Testament, he's a little different. We got a little more flexibility in how we can do things. So let's actually see what does uh, the New Testament say about this uh, principle. And I'm going to ask Carlos if you could read for us what the New Testament has to say, this is now the Apostle Paul, and Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Because let's see, is the Bible consistent on this principle that it's telling us? And then we're going to talk about what these principles are that we get here. Okay, I am reading from the New King James Version, and it says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. All right, so is there consistency here in these principles, Stephanie? 
Yes. Yes. All right. What do we see here? Pedro, what are the principles that we see in these verses? Well, we see that God is telling us to manage well our funds or our, our goods and not start borrowing from others. Or, mm. or in other words, try to live with the resources you have. All right. Try to live with the resources you have. Uh, yes, Alex. And of course, what, what it's bringing out is the only depth that we should really have is to love one another mm -hmm. and to show that love to other people. Yeah. Yes, so the only thing we owe other people is love. And there's really only one person, if you think about it, we should be in debt to. And who mm. is that? That's <laughs> God. And Deuteronomy at the beginning there actually gave us a little bit of guidance because uh, who's taking care of us? Gladys, who is taking care of us? God. God sustains us. Everything about us is God sustaining us and giving us a gift every day. Jonathan, you had a thought here. Well, I, I guess I'm, I'm asking the question. So it certainly, it seems like he's making the comparison between spiritual things and, and um, economic and uh, how, you know, we're, we're to love. I guess my question is, is, is debt always wrong? I mean, is there never a place for it? I'm sure we'll get to that. But it, it seems like maybe these verses aren't saying that there, there's never a place for debt. It's just a warning, an illustration. A warning, yes. yes. And we're going to go through that now. Now, I do want to, Jonathan brought it up. I do want to note that the Bible does talk about debt in quite a few places. Uh, sometimes we say, oh, the Bible, it only just talks about these sort of spiritual ideas. No, the Bible talks about practical guidance as well. And you know how many times the Bible talks about the issue of debt? It talks about it 26 different times. Mm. Now, one response someone could give to Jonathan's point, guess how many of those 26 references to debt are negative? Anyone have a guess how many are negative, Gladys? All of them. All of them. Okay, all 26. So that gives us at least a hint here that debt is probably not the best thing because there's uh, 26 different negative references. But then let's understand if that's the case, why is that the case? Because there are some principles here. Uh, so I'm actually going to ask Travis, one of our remote participants, to read a verse that might help give us some principles. Travis, could you read for us, please? in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, because there's a principle here that might give us some guidance on this issue of debt and why debt's problematic. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. All right, the borrower's servant to the lender. What does that mean, Gladys? How does that connect to our finances, managing for the master, our spiritual relationship, yes. God, Jesus died for our freedom. He doesn't want us to be a slave to anyone. And like the verse says, when we are in debt, we are attached to that person. That person owns us in certain degree. So God doesn't want us to be mm -hmm. a slave to no one except himself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Jonathan? So, I mean, like in some sense, debt is, a, is an opportunity for people to invest. So if you're a bad investment, if you're making yourself a bad investment, that's a bad idea. But if you're putting yourself in debt to partner with someone to build something good, I'm not, I mean, the debt isn't necessarily the problem. It's the, what you're doing and, uh, yeah. The place and you're I, I think that's really important point, but with 26 references sure. to avoid debt, I think we would say, let's say you're buying a home or you're wanting to go to school and there's some cost involved, mm -hmm. you would want to pray very carefully yeah. because some people go to school and get a non-marketable mm -hmm. degree and they're in debt for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. 
or they buy a home when they really should be renting something. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess I would say it, there would maybe be a strategic time, mm -hmm. but I would want to pray very carefully that the Holy Spirit was guiding in that because the truth of the matter is you are the servant. You're the servant of the person who lent yeah. it to you. That's right. Yeah. And let's talk about this idea of, of is debt a good thing? Is there a purpose for debt? Pedro, you had a thought here? Yes, it's interesting that we're talking about debt, but the Bible is, is specific on the aspect of being well, manage well your funds. You know, the Bible gives us uh, actually def uh, definitions of how the people of Israel should care with that. You know, if you're a family member, and you know, one of the things, one difficult text that many people don't like to confront is, is you should not, uh, when you lend money, you should not put interest into those right. that are around you for your family and community of faith. Yeah. So, but we, many of us are investors. How we should take care of that in the aspect when relates to the master. Mm -hmm. So what are some practical principles? If someone is, shall we say, to go into debt, as Jonathan's saying, it may be okay in certain situations, what would you tell someone? What advice or guidance or counsel would you give them? Stephanie. So I'm just, I'm thinking maybe where Jonathan's coming from is from a business perspective. And in a business perspective, there's benefits in the debt in carrying a certain level of debt. But from a personal perspective, I think we can definitely gain the value, the value of what the Bible's saying that um, we should not be in debt. We should, so I, I don't know if that answered your question, but I'm just, I'm thinking about the, uh, of what Jonathan was saying and trying to respond to that as well. <laughs> so maybe with our additional resources and assets, we could utilize debt in a business sense, but be careful, particularly with our personal, yes, Alex. Yes, and I, I would say to even be careful to not put yourself in a big of a hole where ultimately you have to call upon the Lord to save you in which mm. He has given us wisdom and counsel on these things to mm -hmm. not to go in the first place. So mm -hmm. that's what I will recommend to other people is just to consider, consider your ways. Pedro, and then we'll go back to Stephanie. I think this is a very uh, important discussion we're having here because we're living mm -hmm. in the 21st century and this message is relevant to us today yes. as well. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, we, we, we will loan for certain cases but we should not be uh, frivolous mm -hmm. of how we manage yes. money. I think that's an important yes. lesson here. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have one credit card that you use and pay off every month, or you might buy a house and, and land, or buy a car and land, but God says, be, be uh, a good stewardship of the money yes. that I've been given. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Stephanie. Yeah, so I was actually thinking of corporations, so very large businesses that um, applies to, but in, in our lives, even if we have small businesses, of course, taking that to God because He owns everything. So that's um, something that I think we need to keep in mind. Sabina, did you have a thought here you wanted to share with us? Yes. Yeah, I was trying to kind of grasp what was the principle behind it all because um, it's what Pedro said. We are like in a 21st century context, but still there is a principle behind it that even though a debt or borrowing doesn't work just exactly the same that it was when the Bible was written, uh, I think there is a principle behind it of not giving a step much bigger than your legs can reach. Mm. Uh, so be careful with risk, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, like I know that nowadays a lot of people, they may try to take advantage on risk, mm. um, but 
it seems like the Bible is teaching us that we are not so wise as we may think, yeah. you know, and eventually, especially for business, you may be putting in risk not only your business, but the families of those who work for you, for mm -hmm. instance. Mm -hmm. So I think there is this principle of, of being wise and maybe savings before making some investments also. It's just a thought. Heidi, uh, you wanted to add to our discussion here? Yeah, I know that for my husband and I, this is something that we fell into. And I think that there are different reasons for why we can fall into debt. But I know sometimes for us, it could be that an emergency would happen. The car broke down. We don't have $800 to pay for the new radiator. So let's put it on a credit card and we'll pay it little by little. And I know that there are a lot of people living like that. Um, but I think that the real problem there, because we went through that for many years, um, was failure to plan and failure to save. So I would strongly recommend to people that you from, I, I would say way before you're married even, to just start to save for the what ifs of life. Something will happen, a, a plumbing issue, a car issue, a medical emergency, medical bills are something that people fall into. But if we um, are being faithful to the Lord, not only with what he has asked us to set aside for him, but also in preparing for the future, like an ant prepares for the winter, then when the emergency happens, we'll be able to, to, to pay for that without incurring debt. Mm -hmm. Pedro, and then I got a couple questions. Yes, I, I, I like this conversation because something that I like to help people with it. You know, since I was young, I work with uh, in companies. And I was an entrepreneur trying to work with companies and and, and financial aspect. And I learned a lot when I was young. Mm. And I, one thing I learned for the two C, C, well, is CFO, the financial manager yep. officer, whatever they call it, uh, it was that. You, you want to make sure you have savings before you have investments. Mm. Mm. All right. So I want to ask you guys, uh, how easy is it to go into debt today? And if so, yeah. All right. We have some laughter. Stephanie. Very easy. Mm -hmm. Consumer debt. I yep. get credit card offers pre-approved all the time. Gladys. Yeah. Mm. I can speak to that because I got offered a credit card even before I had a job when I was in college. Wow. So definitely very easy to get into mm -hmm. debt. All right, so why are people getting caught up in the debt trap? We know it's the, we've talked about these tools like credit cards or tools or problems, but why are people getting caught up? Is it simply just that these items exist? Jonathan. I, I think what Haiti said was a failure to plan. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Just running it week, month by month. And I there. think our whole culture is designed yes. to put us in debt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one yeah. time my wife and I needed to buy a vehicle and we always pay cash. We never borrow money. Yeah. And we went and they wouldn't even tell us what it cost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They just wow. said it's 400 a month, you know. And they don't tell you it's now seven years instead of five years mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, the, our whole culture is designed mm -hmm. to put people in debt, you know, yeah. interest free for the first 90 days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then they tell you if you don't pay, it's 24%. So I think we need wisdom. Yes. And I, I, would, I would say Christians can be a wonderful example yes. <laughs> of delayed gratification mm 
Yes. Mm. That you don't buy things that you don't have money to pay for. And if you're paying cash, you think carefully, do I really need this? Yeah. Or like Haiti yeah. said, should I be setting aside an emergency fund? Yeah. Or could I wait till later to, to make this purchase? Tigist. You said what I was going to say about delayed gratification. I come from a country where we buy cash. In Africa, there is no credit card system. And so when I moved here, I was shocked when I was going to um, pay rent or, or apply for an apartment. They said, where's your credit card score? I said, I don't want credit card. And intentionally, I didn't get it. And so, as you said, the culture sets you up for debt. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, because I don't want debt, I got the lease, and um, as Stephanie said, they give you offers, 5,000, 10,000, and I believe if you teach yourself and have th that delayed self-gratification, which is, by the way, a character building, mm -hmm. um, you will, you'll be okay. Otherwise, <laughs> it's very easy. All right. Sabina, and then we got to move on to some uh, counsel from the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and let's not forget that someone is making profit of sure. the interest. Yeah. So even going along what Pastor Derek was saying, uh, it's, ve it's very normal, very common that this is part of the system and how we live the, the economy currently. But it's not just because there is someone who wants your life to flourish. <laughs> it's wow. also because there is someone who wants to make profit of your money. So that's <laughs> That's right. We have uh, enemies in our midst, <laughs> even in the financial system. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we need to continue on because the Word of God does give good counsel. And I'm going to ask Gladys if you could read this counsel. The uh, Apostle Paul spoke to the young man, Timothy, or wrote a letter to him. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, there's a particular passage that has some, I say, very good wisdom that we need, especially for what we've talked about our culture today, that might give us some principles about how to deal with the situation of debt, our culture, this whole idea of managing for the master. Okay, I'm reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10 in the New International Version. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into the temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Mm. Mm. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm. All right, and we're gonna talk about verse 10 a little later with Get Rich Quick Schemes, but I want us to think about what are some principles that we see there in these verses that can help us avoid this debt trap. Alex, what do you see there? Yes, and, and it's the simple fact that everything that we get here, we're not able to take in the next world. So with that right. in mind, don't get too attached to it. And as well, as mm. don't try to get more and more because ultimately it would not don't be Don't get there. too attached, Lalika? I, I like the part where it says contentment. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. yes. Um, yes. In this world, not just the society teaches you to be greedy to desire, desire, desire. True. The commercial is about oh, desiring. You want to eat this. Desire things that you don't even need. <laughs> Do um, I have experiences in my past where, yes, the Lord had to put me to sit down and guide me through the um, 
a verse in Hebrews 13, verse 5, you know. So where it teaches you to be content because He's going to supply for your needs. Amen. Mm. Amen. Probably. Amen. I don't know. <laughs> be content. Yes. yes. Carlos. Yes. And it's really whenever we just want to get what we want, it's really breaking the Tenth Commandment, we shall not covet. Mm -hmm. And mm. it's a, it's, there's an emptiness inside those people who struggle with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the only solution to that is Jesus Christ. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Pedro. One thing that caught my attention here is it's food and clothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all we need. Everything else is, is part of just uh, a desire of our hearts. If we have a place to, to eat and a place to, to, to well, something to clothe ourselves, look at Jesus. That's what he, that's what he did. He did it food and clothing, mm -hmm. and we find him with no house, no shelter, and he shot the example. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we see there's a mindset that can help us, yeah. and Jesus gives some counsel related to this mindset. I'm going to ask Sabina if you could actually read for us this guidance from Jesus. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus is giving this whole Sermon on the Mount message, a lot of practical guidance, and he has this one verse that can give us a little key about the mindset we should have about how to relate to our wealth and resources to maybe uh, help us be careful in dealing with this issue of debt. Okay, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, and it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. All right, you can't serve God and mammon. What are these verses saying? What are the principles here that you see here, Gladys? Basically, God is our master. Mm -hmm. And if he is guiding our lives, then he will give us the wisdom to, to, to deal with everything else. But if you have money as your master, then you will be, like Lilika said, greedy and just want to try to get everything. Uh, Derek. My Bible in the margin says that mammon is Aramaic and it means riches. Mm -hmm. Riches, yeah. So I either live for God or I, I live for, okay. for riches. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we know immediately that this is a deception and a snare, mm -hmm. because like Alex said, the riches is not going to save you. Yeah. No. Uh, you're you're going to die a wealthy, lost person, <laughs> but uh, you can't you can't serve both. Jonathan. And, and like the last verse said, like rich people uh, fall into many lusts and mm -hmm. what, what, what all it said. Well, but I mean, yeah, yeah we can have yeah. mammoth. Stephanie. Someone or something will have our hearts mm -hmm. and our possessions and our whole um, concept. So if, if it, our heart belongs to Jesus and he has all of our affections, that's the only thing that can be there at that time. Amen. So we can manage for the master or we can manage for ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. And if we're managing for ourselves, we know what that path is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, you're managing for one of two paths. Mm -hmm. Yes, Pedro. Uh, I like to take principles because we're talking about dealing with death. You know, yes. many people today are dealing with that. And one important aspect we need to learn from this lesson here today is that we, we, we don't have to be attached to things in order to get out of death. Sometimes, well, I need this in order to, to survive. Mm. Do we really need this? And that's mm. a question we have to ask ourselves. We are ourselves uh, hoarders in many factions. <laughs> and we need to ask ourselves, do we really need this? Can we put this aside for a season mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. I put myself out of that? Yeah, mm. yeah. 
And the Apostle John gives some guidance, and I'm going to ask Lalika if you could read for us in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, the Apostle John gives some guidance about the mindset of how we should, shall we say, relate to debt, relate to our resources, wealth. We're kind of talking about, you know, managing for the master, all these things. How should we relate to them? What does the Apostle John uh, give us guidance for here? I'll be reading from the New King James Version, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust <laughs> of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the last of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen. All right. So, more practical principles? Mm -hmm. What do we see? Yes, Jonathan. I mean, just the, the last part. I'm like, uh, and the world is passing away. How many things do we think we need, think we want that, I mean, five years from now, are they still going to have half the value that we wanted mm -hmm. them to have? Gladys? I think that sometimes we can, we can, kind of allure ourselves and deceive ourselves thinking, oh, I'm doing something good, or I'm just going on a mission mm -hmm. trip. But I think is you have to think about the importance of really serving God where you are, if that's where your means mm -hmm. will take you, and not try to go above and beyond and get yourself into debt. All right. I'm thinking just driving along the road. Mm -hmm. You're constantly bombarded. Yes. Or picking up your phone or looking on social media, mm -hmm. maybe we need to fast from that too, <laughs> yes. because we're just constantly yeah. bombarded. Yeah. And, and the, the message are not, you need Jesus. No. Surrender mm -hmm. your heart wholly to Him. Yeah. It, it's totally a self-centered, self-seeking, greedy approach to life. Now, that may not be true in all 200 countries where people are watching Hope Sabbath School, but unfortunately, the greedy countries are exporting that kind of materialistic attitude mm -hmm. and it's affecting a lot of people. Yes, yes it definitely is. The, the billboards are not talking about managing for the master. It's very much manage for yourself or manage for us so that we can get your wealth and we can yeah. get your resources. Travis, uh, you wanted to add uh, to the conversation here. I was thinking about um, uh, Jeremiah where he was talking about the children of Israel, the 10 tribes in Jeremiah 2.13, that they were looking for wells that uh, had no water. And I think that the world is, uh, you know, these signs and everything that we can pursue, worldly lusts, are all wells literally without water. And I can speak from experience. I just remember, you know, being a young man, the more I became successful, the more I want. And I bought brand new boats, and I bought brand new trucks, and I bought Brand, a lot of brand new things. And the problem with this, with that was, I was never content with that. I always wanted the next best thing. And so it was this ball that just kept rolling and rolling and, and, and you never find contentment. And I think if we even go back to the beginning of our study is, God wants us to have freedom from that, where we can actually live a life of peace and joy and happiness. Because when we live in the world, it will be a ball that won't quit rolling. We will always strive for the next thing, the next thing, and we will find happiness in none of it. There'll be wells without water. Mm. Pedro. Powerful. I want to add to what Travis mentioned here. 
it's the importance for us to know, are we content with ourselves? Mm -hmm. Because many mm -hmm. times we, we don't find wholeness in God and we're trying to find whole in, mm -hmm. wholeness in other things. And God says in His commandments, you should not have any God before mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, it's not only in a financial aspect we're looking to, we need to search in our hearts and say, why I have this behavior or mm -hmm. why I'm having some of those problems. Many times it's because of the condition of the world and the pressure of the society, but we have to ask ourselves, it might be part of this problem as well. Mm. Alex. Yes, and, and not only that, but we also have to realize who's behind all these allurements. Who is the one that's just making the world seem so mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just attractive, something attractive? attractive. Yeah. And really, we see that example whenever Jesus himself was tempted oh, yeah. by Satan in the wilderness. He said, all this I can give, give to you, you. Yep. if you just serve me. Mm -hmm. So realizing that, we really need to understand that there are in fact um, we can only so serve one master. Wow. Mm -hmm. There are. And it's scary to think, Alex, uh, but I'm going to ask the question that Pedro just asked. Mm. Is it possible that some of us, have we ever potentially been distracted by these allurements that Alex mentioned? I know it's a bit <laughs> of a personal, vulnerable uh, moment, but uh, Gladys? When I was uh, young and I was in college, I had like just, I have always loved to travel. Mm. And like I said, I did get a credit card. I'm my university without me having a job. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. So you can imagine with that led, but the focus was all wrong. The focus, even though most of it was mission trips that I did, I was not thinking of managing the resources that God had mm. given me. You know, the stipend my father was providing every month and, and just look at what the Lord had provided for me in order to prepare for a future of service. So that made a lot of damage in my life. Mm. Oh, wow. Malika. Um, uh, as, as Gladys as well, when I was in university, I had a situation where I came from a very humble family. And uh, so we had a, a lot of uh, problem paying for my um, school. And uh, even for daily needs, like uh, food. Mm -hmm. So. You would have, I would have a lot of people trying to suggest me to do things that are not honorable, things that are not, um, that would not um, please God. So the enemy comes to attack you every time he sees that you have a need. Sometimes you may not have a need. And um, the Lord had to put me to sit down, I was 20, mm -hmm. I remember, mm -hmm. and to remind me that he is my provider again. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Sabina, and then we'll need to move on here quickly. I think that especially, you know, coming into ministry, two of the key moments in which I experienced this kind of pressure. One was when I had to quit my job uh, in order to pursue God's will for full-time ministry with a lot of uncertainties. And I was counting my financial costs also. Like it, it was part of the hardship to overcome that. Uh, so I, and, and further even in that process, you know, I not only went to the seminary, but I also had to go into a, uh, another master's, de master's degree that I did, a graduate program that was something very expensive. I had some fellowship and support. And the reality is that all my friends that were finishing that program they were going to very much well-paying jobs. And I had the opportunity of going to some of those very much high-paying jobs. I was then tempted 
to say no lord i can serve you even there but i had to submit and surrender to god and say okay maybe i'm not going to have as many as you know the material goods that some of those friends that i have will have but i'm trusting that you will sustain me in other ways so it was it was part of the process of submitting and serving him so it's still valid up to now i'm a foreigner in a country right that i don't have as many assets as i could have in some other circumstances so this is part of this process of serving jesus amen amen yes uh as we can hear, this is a very practical issue that a lot of us have dealt mm -hmm. with. But let's talk about finding freedom because a lot of people, even on our team and a lot of people in the world, have been trapped by debt. And so where do you begin? Where do you start? And uh, I'm going to ask Stephanie if you could read uh, some counsel from 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, because someone might be like, I'm so drowning in debt, I don't even know where to begin. How do I even start to find freedom from the debt trap? Well, what's some guidance that we have here? All right, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And then verse seven. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. All right, so what does that tell us there, Gladys? What should we do? How can we find freedom from the debt trap? We have to submit to God and like in verse seven said, you know, you humble, you cast your anxieties on him because mm -hmm. most of the times we get into debt because we're anxious, we want something yeah. more. But it says, humble yourself before God and cast all your anxieties on him. Mm -hmm. You know, I really appreciate Jason what, where you're starting us because a secular debt counselor would say, start by cutting up all your credit cards, which <laughs> is actually a good thing to do. And you'll yeah. talk mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. yep. But as a Christian, yes. the first step is to call out to God yes. Yes. and to cast my cares, which like Pedro said, may have been driving me mm -hmm. to self-medicate, buying things that I can't afford, yeah. casting mm -hmm. all of those things upon him. And, and it's certainly James 1, 5, ask for wisdom. Mm -hmm. yes. that, that is the place that the Christian starts. Yes. And then you get the practical steps that follow that. Mm -hmm. And there's a second step also as a Christian. The first step is call out to God. But there's a second step, and this one may seem pretty counterintuitive, but I'm going to ask Haiti if you could actually read about this for us in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. There's a counterintuitive step that God asks us to do, and let's read what this is and maybe talk a little bit about it. All right, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Amen. Amen. Tithe, giving 10%. I'm already in debt. I can barely afford to pay. 
Why should I give Tithe Gladys? How is that going to really help me? That sounds counterintuitive to any practical guidance. Those secular debt counters are not going to say uh, tithe. Tithe is your trust. You're putting your trust in God. We just talked about releasing your anxieties to God and humbling yourself before God. So when you give your tithe, you're telling God, I trust you. Mm -hmm. You do what you want with the 90 that I have left, you're going to bless it. So I'm going to trust you mm -hmm. with just returning what you have given me. Even if that 90 is currently secularly supposed to be in debt to a government or a bank or one of these yep. uh, rich persons. Yes, Pedro. I remember when I was uh, first arrived in the United States, uh, I was doing a job that was on a, on a job basis. You know, I would go get the work done. And during that time, I was, uh, you know, say I was inside the church, but I was not returning my tithe to God. And I realized that, you know, things were getting a little difficult. I would say, I would say that that was related too, but I was not probably managing myself at that point. I have yeah. just recently left the, f the my my the house of my parents. And when I when I as soon as I got married with my wife, I realized uh, that's something that God put in my heart to to start doing it. Mm. And at that point, mm. I was having little to no work for a few weeks. And God put on my heart, trust me. Amen. And I was asking him, Lord, give me more job, give me more work, give me more work. And I, I took a, a step, and my step may be different than other people. I didn't decide to be overwhelmed with all the things that I have unpaid God, or I have unreturned to him, a better word. But I said, so I'm gonna, while I have, I'm going to give back to what Amen. God belong to, to God who belongs to him and by doing so I was I felt relief and in a few weeks I was able not to not get more job but I'll get a better job more stable job that gave me stability to continue to grow and be a blessing to others Amen. you put yourself in the hands of God and Amen. God took care of you Travis you want to share with us here well I think sometimes we miss this uh, miss the beauty of tithe and what I mean by that, you know, God gives us things. He gives us the rainbow in the sky as a promise he wouldn't destroy the world with a flood. And he gives us the Sabbath as a reminder that we're saved by grace alone through faith alone. This, this constant reminder that our salvation is in Jesus. But then he gives us tithe. So weekly, when we set this money aside for him, we're reminded that he's taking care of us. Monetarily, physically, God is taking care of us. Without the tithing system, we could very easily forget who it is that sustains us and takes us through daily, hourly, weekly um, in our life. So I just like the tithing system just for the fact that it reminds me God has got me, God sustains me, God is feeding me, taking care of me. Amen. And that's what it's really about. When managing for the master, it's not our resources, it's God's, and we're yeah. just managing them for his purposes, yes. and tithe reminds us of that point. Yes, Pedro. And it's important as well to remind ourselves, you know, God, we're, we're, give, we're returning back to God 10% of everything that belongs to him. <laughs> and when it comes to dealing with that, we need to understand that the 90% that stay with us, we need to be good stewards. Right. And we need yes. to manage that well because we recognize that that whole amount is God's. Now, very yeah. quickly, are there any other practical steps? We said that the secular debt counselors has all these practical mm -hmm. steps. Well, as Christians, we believe in having practical steps as well. So are there any quick practical steps that you might give someone, yes, Stephanie, that is struggling to break free of debt? Make a shopping list and stick to it. 
Yeah. And turn off your TV for the advertisements. All right. <laughs> not, yes, Derek. When, when I first came to America, my British accent will come back when I'm talking about <laughs> it. But, but I was also offered a credit card. Mm. And I thought, well, I will only take this card because I didn't want to carry a lot of cash if every month, like you said, I pay off what needs to be paid. And if that would ever not happen, cut it up. It's a snare. If you're mm. using it um, as a tool, th then it's okay. But, but folks that say, I have five credit cards and I have debt on each one of them, mm -hmm. I, I think a counselor would say, cut them up. Yes. And yeah. then there's a strategy, isn't there, of paying off the one, mm -hmm. and maybe you can talk to us about that, but then you're experiencing the fulfillment of not buying more things and trying to feel better, but of actually finding freedom, steps of freedom, from those things that have ensnared you. Haiti, and then we need to move on. Mm -hmm. um, one time my family and I moved from one part of the country to a different part of the country where the cost of living was a lot higher, but the income we were receiving was the same. So we, we downsized from where, where we were living and the standard we were living. And in my prayers, I talk to God about everything because I'm just like, he already knows, so I might as well talk to him. So I'd be like, <laughs> God, in my old house, I had this. In my old house, I had that. In my old house, blah, blah, blah. And I developed a really complainsome spirit. And one day when I was praying, I like heard God tell me, enough. Stop. <laughs> don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. So I would say that that is a very practical thing that someone can do. Literally, maybe you need to have a gratitude journal or make gratitude a part of your daily worship service. Because when you focus on what you do have, you're not as enthralled and as, um, you know, caught in this trap of wanting this car, this house, this clothing, this gadget. You're just like, thank you, God, look at all that you've done for me. So uh, the simple act of gratitude can help us. Amen. And there are also many promises from the the Word of God that can give us guidance. And I want to ask you, is there a promise that you have that you might encourage someone who's struggling to break free of debt? Write to us and tell us what promise is encouraging for you. Now, there's a last issue we need to focus on, and this is something called a get-rich-quick scheme. <laughs> Basically, this idea that you can get a lot of wealth very quickly without having to do much work. And the Bible does talk about this. We're going to go back and hit a verse that we sort of referenced earlier. I'm gonna ask Alex if you could read for us 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, because there's some guidance that the Apostle Paul gives on this idea of a get-rich-quick scheme and why we should be uh, avoid them. Alrighty, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierce themselves with many sorrows. Mm. Oof. All right, so why do people get involved and get rich quick schemes? Gladys, why? Because they don't want to, they want things now. We are in a microwave society. We want things right now. We don't want to wait 20 years to get a car or to get a house. We want it right now. And, and all these people that are out there, evil people that want to get your money, want to get things from you, they will try to offer you what you desire. And 
they will try to get you a snare in these things, and it, it works. People yeah. fall in that all the time. All right, got a billion hands here. I'm going to go to Travis, <laughs> and let's see what Travis has to say. You know, I, I recently listened to uh, a post from a pastor talking about people trying to get rid of sin. And he said, we try and we stumble, we try and we stumble. And then he, he, he counseled, he said, fill your time with something good. Fill your time with something godly in the time that you would be doing those sinful things. And you will see these things fall off. And these get-rich schemes, I think, are just the... the, the they're definitely set up by Satan because the one thing he wants to make sure that you, you have idle time. So when we get rich and we get lazy, we start having this idle time. And when we have idle time, we get ourselves into trouble. I mean, this happens all the time. God gave us work um, so that um, it would be a physical help to us. It would be a mental help to us. It would keep our minds occupied. And so it just seems like uh, not just in America, but around the world, that these get-rich games are a way to try to get us away from physically working and uh, being involved and keeping our mind focused on things we should. Hmm. Sabina. Spoken a little bit of how, about how, you know, the current economic system uh, works with people craving more and more. Lending and, but also one thing we haven't not spoken, it also has created an image, especially social media, that people can get rich very quickly. That they are detached from the land and that people don't see how, where is it that the resources actually come from and that it takes some time. And they create this illusion that they can just create richness without really putting work on it or an illusionary type of work. So I think that's part of the problem also. Now we've talked about this idea of work, but uh, the scriptures also give some idea about uh, there's a problem with too much work. Jonathan, could you take us to some guidance from the wisest man who ever lived to Proverbs chapter 23, verses four and five? Because some people might say, okay, well, I'll just work a lot of jobs, two jobs, three jobs, four jobs, and that way I can get wealthy. And hey, I'm working hard. I'm doing, you know, as Travis said, so that should be enough, right? You know, I just, I work hard and then, you know, that means that I can, I can have fun. My, my wealth is worth it. But the wisest man who ever lived, who also did quite a bit of work, uh, and he also was one of the wealthiest. What does he give uh, some counsel here from the word? All right, I'm reading from the English Standard Version and it says, do not toil to acquire wealth, be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings like flying like an eagle toward heaven. <laughs> oh, wow. So suddenly it sprouts wings and flies away like an eagle. Yes, Pedro, what are your thoughts about this? Well, the, the first thing I see in my mind, we work to get things. And, and that's what we see disappearing. It says, where did the things went? And it went to experiences that are not having worth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the, 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 uh, the wise man on earth has mentioned here. It's vanity, vanity, vanity. Mm -hmm. And now in Ecclesiastes, we're trying to get experience on this world that will not get us to heaven. And God says, focus mm -hmm. on getting riches from the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Carlos? Absolutely. And I, I know certain individuals who have overworked themselves, you know, all in the name of family, but also to increase their wealth. And because of that, they actually end up falling into sins. And in the name of you know, it's really, it's, it could be a cover-up sometimes with our, you know, pure motives, but 
it says that do not overwork, overwork to be rich. And so it really just, um, we have to be careful whenever we just overwork ourselves. Derek. So I know we're just out of time here, but listen to counsel, receive instruction mm -hmm. that you may be wise. Proverbs 19, verse 20. If you think you have a get rich quick scheme, talk to a godly counselor mm -hmm. and they will tell you that it's foolishness. Mm -hmm. If you want to get out of debt, talk to a godly counselor and they will give you wise counsel. But find someone who values the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 And I want to challenge you. Maybe you've struggled with debt. Maybe you're even in debt right now. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance. Cast your cares, cast your anxieties, your burdens, cast your debt at the feet of Jesus Amen. and He can give you true freedom. I just want to remind you today that there are people that God can bring to you, godly people who can give you wise counsel. And, and just pray, Holy Spirit, you promised that you will lead me into truth. This is an area where I need guidance and trust him that he will provide counselors who love him and care about you to direct your path. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we recognize that many of us are distracted by the things of this world. And I pray that you would focus our attention back. Help us when we feel so distracted to fix our eyes on you and your will for our lives. And thank you that you will provide godly counselors who can direct us in a way that will bring us not only financial freedom, but freedom in every aspect of our lives. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. You know, the Bible says if Jesus sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's not just for eternity, but that's every aspect of our lives today. So seek his guidance, follow his leading, and experience the freedom that he desires for you. And then go out in the name of Jesus and be a blessing to those around you.